are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, I was joined by one of the newest members of the Lockdown Podcast Network, Armando Velez of Lockdown Panthers, as we had a conversation about the recent series our teams just played, some thoughts on the Central Division, plus just an overall outlook on the rest of the season. It was a lot of fun. Always great to do a crossover episode with another host, so I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. All right, I am now joined by the host of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, Armando Velez, who just recently joined the Lockdown Podcast Network. Armando, thanks for taking the time to join me this morning, man. How are you doing? Doing yourself, Jack. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, Excellent. Glad to hear you're doing good. And, uh, Awesome to have you on the podcast network. We were needing the Panthers guy, needed to fill out the Central Division, so I'm glad to, glad to have you. Glad to be here. It's great to uh, cover my favorite team, and it's great to be part of a network that finds a lot of values, like uh, Locked On, and that I get the ability as a fan to cover a team that i followed for a long time, and that gives people like you and I an opportunity to put ourselves out there. Yeah, it's a really great opportunity and being a fan of the team for so long, it's just so fun. And I'll tell you, I I was hosting, I've been hosting this podcast for about nine or 10 months now. And there was a stretch for like seven or eight months there where I didn't get to talk about any game. So you joined at the perfect time, right? Right. Getting into some game action. I know the Panthers, unfortunately, won't get to play uh, upcoming games because of COVID-19, but at least you didn't get get the the nine month hiatus from from COVID nineteen. You joined the network at a pretty good time, it seems, Armando. Definitely, and so far in this young season, the Panthers have been on the receiving end of teams having their outbreaks. First, that happened with the Dallas Stars to start the season. Two games pushed back with their seventeen players slash coaches right. on the list. And then now with the whole Carolina Hurricanes situation going on with five players. So now it's a waiting game. And there's like a running joke in South Florida when the last two seasons, whenever they fell behind, it's like, oh, we have blank games in hand. So now (laughs) it's, yeah. And I tell people all the time, games in hand don't really matter unless you win. So that's not something that you want to rely on. Yeah, exactly. Just, oh man, that's a tough situation. I, I feel bad. Panthers got to wait to start their season, got to watch everybody else open up their year, finally get two games in and boom, Carolina has another outbreak. I hope that's not a common theme of the season, uh, but our, our teams just played a two game series down in sunrise. Of course, the Panthers came out on top of both. 
Um, but before we get into that, I kind of wanted to, to backtrack a little bit and talk about just kind of the mindset around the Panthers because this past offseason, they made a pretty significant amount of moves. They got a new GM. Mike Hoffman's gone. Evgeny Dadinov's gone. And there's just a lot of new faces around the club this season, I feel like. So just to let our listeners know a little bit, what was kind of that mindset of the Panthers in this offseason with all the moves they made? The best way I could describe it is Bill Zito and Quenville coming from one coming from Columbus, the other coming from your team, the Blackhawks. They wanted familiar faces. They wanted a retooling, what I've been calling it. And the offense was great. They scored a lot of goals, but a lot of times, whether it was Sergei Bobrovsky starting, Sam Montembeau starting, or Chris Drieger starting, there's a lot of times that the defense let them down and that they let them out to dry. There's a lot of one-on-one. So they wanted to retool that defense. And they also wanted to spread the wealth on offense because there was a time where, especially on the power play, where it was starting to become a little predictable, especially with Mike Hoffman being on the right side, just spread. They were spreading the puck around on the power play and then, okay, Mike Hoffman one-timer. And it was teams were starting to catch up to that after a certain point. So I'm not necessarily mad that they missed out on Mike Hoffman because especially with the cap situation with COVID-19 going on for the next few seasons, right? they weren't going to be able to afford Mike Hoffman. And I learned to accept even before the off season happened that there was no way they were going to keep him. And Evgeny Dadanov, they made an offer, but eventually he wanted more money, which I can't fault a player for. And he ended up signing with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, hey, if you want to take money and be on probably a team that's going to struggle, that's the situation it is sometimes. I mean, uh, but I, I honestly think the Panthers, when I looked at their roster coming into the season, I definitely think they did a good job of what you said, kind of spreading that wealth a little bit. There's a lot of different faces in that bottom six forward group. You went out and got guys like Anthony Duclair, Carter Verhage, added a couple nice pieces there. And then on defense, got Radko Gudis and made just some solid moves as well. Um, I kind of like that you use the word retooling because it's kind of a similar situation. The Blackhawks have been in the last couple of years before they went into this uh full-on rebuild they're kind of trying to retool on the fly are you are you okay with that kind of mindset that they're just trying to retool around these star pieces do you think that's the right recipe per se like do you think they did it right this offseason it depends on who is at the helm at coach because it's coach Quenville and I said in my very first episode that I'm under the philosophy that if you bring in a GM and a coach I prefer that they're in at the same time. But Coach Q is the exception, not the rule. You don't just bring him out of retirement or or whether he was looking for a job or not just to rebuild. Coach Quenville's not about that. He's about winning right here, right now. So it's something the Panthers had no chance, no choice to do but to retool around this and they got a few familiar faces with Bill Zito from the previous offseason with Sergey Bobrovsky right. and then they got two familiar faces this year with Marcus Nutavara who is 
scheduled to become part of the active roster as of sometime this weekend with Riley Stillman being sent to the taxi squad and then Alex Wenberg, who is currently on that second line as the center. And along with the familiar pieces with Coach Q, we have Vinny Hinestroza and Anthony Duclair. Even though Duclair's stint with Q was very short, it's great to have those familiar pieces. And then you have the trade with Patrick Hornquist, who had to waive his no-movement clause in order to come to Sunrise and then the previous offseason with bringing in a Stanley Cup champion in Anton Stroman. So they have leaders in their locker room. They have they have a spread of the wealth between the lines. Barkov and Hubi are not on the same line anymore. And there were times where it was just top line reliant and everyone else. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover episode between Lockdown Blackhawks and Lockdown Panthers will continue in just a moment, but first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like, you know, your mortgage or for food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also extremely unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck. We'll get into Barkov and Huberdo in a second. Those guys are something. Uh, but I quickly wanted to talk a little bit about the 2020 postseason. The Panthers wound up qualifying just like the Blackhawks did. Uh, kind of one of the extra teams that was able to get a chance. The Panthers were the 10 seed. They wind up losing to the New York Islanders in four games. What did you think of the whole bubble situation in the COVID postseason format? And I got to ask, I'm sorry not to be that guy, but uh, was it was it tough watching the Tampa Bay Lightning, the other team down in Florida, marched their way to a Stanley Cup? I'll answer the, the, I'll set, answer the second question first. Honestly, I'm not as somewhat, as a team who hasn't really challenged for the playoffs really much since the new millennium. The Panthers have only made it twice in the postseason since 2000. I don't really count the qualifier as yeah. a playoff appearance because it was pretty much given to them and the pace <laughs> that they were at prior to that, they weren't going to make it. There were so many inconsistencies left and right. That, sure, they, before the stoppage, they were on a great uh, – they had some great momentum going. Their final game was a thrilling win on the road against St. Louis. But seeing Tampa Bay win, I respect it, I actually. I don't really – dislike the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, they're same same state, same division, everything. But when you don't really challenge those guys, it's really just okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I live in Orlando where 
there's a lot of Magic fans here, and I'm a Heat fan myself, so there's not really a rivalry with the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat neither because right. in Orlando, they're on it's the – not that level. They're just not on the same level. Panthers are not on the same level as the Lightning. And honestly, I tell people, the Florida – the Tampa Bay Lightning are everything the Florida Panthers wish they were. And going back to the – now to answer the first question from the New York Islanders series – what can we say about Samen Varlamov? My goodness. Yeah. After And even after two games this season, he has two shutouts. Right now, through two games, he's my favorite to win the Vesna. Right now, with two shutouts, one over the New York Rangers. The other one, I believe, was against the Boston Bruins on it Monday. It was. It was. That was a one nothing game, too. So I, I, almost, I almost took the over. <laughs> Good thing I didn't. <laughs> so he was pretty much a brick wall, unstoppable, and... I think there was a game, I think it was game three, where the Panthers had a total of 14 minutes of penalties. And yeah, like, and you know how the Islanders are. They're a great defensive team. They're not really offensive reliant. So if you're going to give a team like the New York Islanders their opportunities there and often when they're not really known as an offensive team, then you can't expect to win. You're taking the puck out of your top, um, top guys. You're, you're having to kill some clock on the penalty kill. And with, we thought that Sergei Barassi was going to show up in the playoffs just like he, just like he did um, with Columbus in that series against Tampa Bay two years right. ago. We thought he was going to be Vesna form after a long layoff, but. Just never really happened. Just never really happened for the Panthers. Yeah, it was an interesting 2020 postseason. Still, I'm sure it was fun as a Blackhawks fan, too. It was fun seeing our teams, even though they probably didn't deserve a playoff opportunity. It was, it was fun seeing them uh, get some playoff action in. All right. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Didn't want to break you down. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, I needed to talk about Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov because those two guys are absolutely ridiculous. And Jonathan Huberto, I think he honestly – is the best kept secret in the NHL. Seriously, that guy is so good with the puck and three point game in, op- in the opener against the Blackhawks. And it seemed like it was such a quiet three point game. And it seems like everything Jonathan Huberto does, it's just kind of quiet. What, what are the Panther fans? They got to just love him down there. Absolutely. He's now, as of last season, he's now the all time leader in points for the Florida Panthers. And he had a little bit of a rough start in game one before getting those three points with a, a few turnovers. And there's a few breaks that the Blackhawks had on Chris Drieger in game one, where it, it was caused by a Jonathan Huberto turnover. I, th- I believe he also had a penalty in game one, but then he got it together midway through the second period and was able to get his three points there and often. And Alexander Barkov, the same thing. His presence was really felt on the ice, especially in game number two. He doesn't have any goals so far, but he has, uh, I believe, three assists, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But I think about I think about the last, the overtime goal to Frank Vetrano in overtime. Every you see Mackenzie Weger being very patient with the puck. You see Frank Vitrano crossing around him. And then when the pass is made to Barkov, everybody draws to him. He creates that much attention on the ice where Barkov sees that everyone's drawing to him. Okay, pass. 
Vitrano's wide open and then new goalie for Chicago, Kevin Lankinen has literally no chance to stop it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a tough three on one there that the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks gave up, but Barkov too, man, such a young piece that this his ceiling really the sky is the limit for a guy like him and him and Huberdo. I know they're not playing on the same line together, but when they get on the power play, it just seems like some sort of magic's always going to happen. I completely understand why Joel Quenville wanted to come down and out of retirement to coach this team. There's just a ton of young talent. And that's really what, what stood out to me about these first two games was just all the talent that the Florida Panthers have Keith Yandel looked really good in this series. He looked fired up, especially with all the rumors that have been swirling about him. I thought Aaron Eckblad was pretty good. Patrick Hornquist looked like a nice pickup, a couple of goals early on. Verhage looked good. Vetrano, the overtime winner. Like there's a lot of names here for the Florida Panthers to be good. So overall, what were your thoughts on these first couple of games? Obviously two wins. You got to be pretty happy. I'm impressed by the two wins. However, I see... I see that Chicago through their first four games, an average of five goals against yeah, not, not each, good. Not, not good. good. I'm glad that it was starting off against a team that's now in full rebuild mode. You get to go, have a little bit of positive momentum entering. Right. And then of course this stoppage happens for the next seven days with Carolina's situation, but I predicted before the beginning of the season that they would fall a little short of the top four because there's so many teams to challenge. There's Tampa Bay expected to finish first. There's Carolina. There's the Dallas Stars who just made the Stanley Cup final. Right. There's many people who don't know whether or not that success could be replicated. You have the Nashville Predators who just made the Stanley Cup final two or three years ago, but they're getting on the older side you have a columbus blue jackets who right now are going through a mess with the whole pierre luke dubois situation they've had many players who just not one don't want to be there there's a lot of tensions between players and john tortorella so shocker <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's an opportunity to challenge. I wouldn't be surprised if they make it, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they fall short because they've had these great starts before uh, and they've beaten on bad teams when they needed to and they've fallen short against great teams in in the past before. It's it's more of a it's more of like a expect the unexpected and it's a more of a not getting too high after a, a win. Yeah, I totally feel that. The Central Division, though, I do think it is a little up for grabs because as I do agree that it's going to be Tampa Bay and Carolina probably at the top. Dallas will probably be up there as well. But Dallas, they don't have Tyler Sagan. They don't have Ben Bishop. So I think that might drive them a couple points down and give some other teams an opportunity. Columbus looks like kind of a nightmare right now. Nashville's, as you said, a little bit on the older side. They do have some pieces, but it really hasn't worked well the last couple of years. Um, and then Detroit, they're off to a good start, but it, it is Detroit overall. So uh, I expect them to probably come back down a little bit more. Um, so I, I just think the Central Division is so up for grabs. I'm not going to expect the Blackhawks to make it after an 0-3-1 start. Things aren't looking good. But for the Panthers, I, I really think they do have a shot if they could – 
they, they kind of have this weird roster, Armando, where I look at this roster on paper and I say, if this team plays well, they there's I would not be surprised in the least to see them come out as the three or four seed. But they're also a team where I feel like it's just kind of this is kind of how it's been with the Panthers for the last couple of years. They've had a good team, but it just really hasn't built and meshed together well. I know you just said you don't really think that you think they're going to be on the outside looking in the playoffs, maybe fall just short. But uh, how do you see the central division shape shaping out? How, how do you think the Panthers, what, what needs to happen for the Panthers to make the playoffs? All right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover episode will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action by going to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The NFL playoffs are heading into the conference championships. College basketball is closing in on March Madness. NHL hockey has returned. The sports world's just absolute madness right now, and there's only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and be sure to use that promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's your online sportsbook experts. It's betonline.ag. They need to be better on the penalty kill. Definitely. For the first two games, first two games in every sport, numbers are going to be skewed a certain way until you get a few games under your belt. And through two games on the PK, they are two of five, forty percent on the on the PK, and that's a Not little concerning. <laughs> so that that has to there has to be more discipline where not allowing players to get past you or on a rotation. Just even even like on the second game, Riley Stillman took a few a holding penalty, and. Riley Stillman also got beat by a goal by Patrick Kane on a backhand where Sergei Bobrovsky could have stopped it, but his defense didn't give him a chance on that. So if you you think the Panthers, if they're able to kind of not really beat themselves per se, you think they're going to find themselves winning more games and maybe sneaking in as that three or four seed? Absolutely. I think that's the, that's the key. And Coach Quenville's a tough guy. He's gonna let you know when you mess up. He's gonna he's gonna do everything he can to make sure that you are accountable for your missed assignment or anything of that matter. I'm curious, uh, what are your thoughts on Q so far? How how has it been with uh, a season with Quenville behind the bench? Year one, I don't want to call it a wash because he doesn't really have didn't really have all the players that he wanted. So it was a, it was more of a product of the previous regime, previous, what the previous coaching had, but I'm glad that he is not afraid to mix lines. And that was an issue that former Panthers coach Bob Bugner had for not separating Aaron Ekblad and Keith Yandel on the first defensive pairing. He was very, that was something that Bob Bugner was like very stubborn with and not separating Hubie and Barkoff, neither. 
So kind of Q, at least when Q was here, he's very, he's always been a guy's coach. He's really for the boys and he's going to do everything to make sure the guys feel comfortable in that locker room and everything. But he's also not afraid to get on guys. And ultimately the biggest, the biggest indicator of how you're doing is ice time. And he's not afraid to take away people's ice time if they're not doing well. Has he shown that so far? Like, has he been strict? Like with the Blackhawks, he had a couple guys he was really hard on in particular. Or has there been a couple guys he's really had as like his whipping boys or anything so far? Well, there is the Keith Yandel situation where he was right. keeping him off the the three defensive lines, and then there's rumors saying about how other players were demanding for Q to put him on. And funny enough, if Coach Q were to end a streak for a certain player, Keith Yandel wouldn't be his first. In 2016, I believe it was, he did it with Brian Campbell, former Panther and now former Blackhawk, Brian Campbell. Right. So he was able to do it multiple times if he's able to pull this off. And so far, so good with Yandel. And I tell people, you're going to take the good and the bad with him. You're going to take some of the sloppy play, but then you're going to see him being the quarterback on the power play. Coach Q, he, I think it is coming. It will come eventually. The reason why it was so much drama early on is because it was because it was close to the start of the season and the time, the timing of it was strange. So I believe it will eventually come with Yandel. So he, I mean, he looked really good through the first couple of games. And when he scored correct. that, when he scored that, his first goal in the first game too, it was like he just scored the, the cup clincher. He was so juiced after getting that one. So you could tell, obviously, it was frustrating him a little bit, but I'm sure now with two goals and two games, you know, it's going to be pretty hard for Coach Q not to play that guy. Definitely. Uh, so I asked you about what you thought needed to happen for the Panthers to make the playoffs. Uh, last question before I let you go, Armando. Now vice versa, the Florida Panthers, if they do miss out on the 2021 postseason, what will be the couple of main causes? Besides, you said, taking too many penalties. I would say the if there's a lack of distribution from the third and fourth line, there's more balance there now with – an impressive player so far in game one, Eutu Lusterainen, who yeah. was a player acquired from the Vincent Trocek trade, along with Lucas Walmark, who's now on the Blackhawks. And when that trade originally happened, there was indications that Lucas Walmark was going to take that third or fourth line center position, but the Panthers didn't non they didn't tender him right. a contract, so they were able to give you two loose a shot and he he's played well yeah he looks good but right now right now third and fourth line is playing okay we on the fourth line center we have Noel Chari who had two hat tricks last season one of them was against the Dallas Stars and I believe the other one was against the Boston Bruins as well so if there's contributions between the other lines and it's not just the top six reliant, then I think this will be a playoff team. Awesome. Sounds good. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up our crossover with the Lockdown Panthers podcast. Armando, best of luck the rest of the way. These two teams, we won't see each other again until March. But when that happens, definitely be sure to get another crossover. And it was a lot of fun. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me, Jack. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up Thursday, January 21st episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps and fantasy advice all in one podcast so subscribe to lockdown nhl wherever you may listen to your podcasts once again thank you for tuning into today's episode i'm your host jack bushman you can catch me on twitter at my personal account at jack bushman 2 or you can also check out my strictly blackhawks account at talk and hockey for all the latest blackhawks news and updates for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.